0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, January 31st. It's hard to imagine a carbon-neutral world without considering airplanes. Commercial aviation contributes about 2.5% of annual global CO2 emissions from fossil fuel use. But as KOTO's Matt Hoysh explains, some airports are starting to find ways to bring down that number.
1: It might be hard to tell, but that's the sound of a plane with lower carbon emissions. The aircraft is refueling on the tarmac at the Telluride Regional Airport, which last year began integrating sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF, into its operation. I guess
2: a simple way to explain it, it's non-petroleum. You're not using oil, you're using vegetation, you're using uh, used vegetable oils, those kinds of things into the manufacture of this fuel.
1: Kenneth Manpa is Telluride's airport director. According to Manpa, Telluride is one of two airports in Colorado using the fuel. SAF has a lot of upsides. It can reduce aviation emissions by up to 80%. And it's interchangeable with conventional fuel, which helps on the equipment front. You don't have to change your infrastructure. You don't have to have it in a separate tank or anything else. The downside? Well, it's very expensive. Supply is one factor contributing to that cost. SAF is very limited in the U.S. That's according to Richard Thacker, Director of Integration and Operational Strategy at Atlantic Aviation, a company that services providers across the country.
2: That's the real challenge with SAF right now. It's not particularly new technology but again it is very very limited in quantity and so it's very difficult to you know get it to markets especially in the interior portion of the of the country
1: demand is another factor a lot of airports according to thacker are asking for saf
2: the requests are coming from coast to coast and the answer is always the same we're doing our best to get our hands on as much of supply as we possibly can but right now it's it's very limited
1: That limited supply also complicates the green aspect of the fuel. Atlantic supplies SAF to Aspen Pitkin County Airport, the other spot in Colorado using it. Thacker notes they had to be very thoughtful about transporting the fuel almost 1,200 miles to the mountain town.
2: We didn't want the, the headline to be, dirty truck delivers clean fuel. So we made sure that the transport trucks were utilizing renewable diesel to transport the the product. And then we did the equation on that and made sure the carbon benefit or the loss of the carbon benefit of the SAF was minimal, and it was.
1: Several major airlines, including United and British Airways, have used SAF. And there's a chance supply, and therefore cost, will be less of an issue in the future. Last year, the Biden administration announced a goal to ramp up domestic SAF production from the current level of roughly 4.5 million gallons per year to 3 billion by 2030. Dr. Tracy Dodd thinks that sort of top-down push is essential to make aviation green. Dodd is a researcher at the Adelaide Business School in Australia who focuses on decarbonization.
3: We wouldn't have renewable electricity if it wasn't for government intervention. And, and I think that airlines have been left holding the baby on this one and everybody needs to get behind and support them.
1: But Dodd also stresses more attention from governments starts with more focus from the public.
3: People are not completely aware of the environmental impact of flying or that there are other options available. And so we need to increase awareness of that. And by doing that, legislators have a stronger mandate to increase regulation, which supports business.
1: Along the way, Dodd adds, it's important not to greenwash and overstate the environmental benefits of existing green options.
3: I feel if you were to look at a whole range of of websites around sustainable aviation fuel, you would have a false sense of security that things are looking good. This is all positive. We can be carbon neutral. We don't have to make those trade-offs. You know, I think that that's not helpful in the community conversation.
1: Current SAF, Dodd notes, doesn't eliminate carbon from aviation completely. So carbon-neutral flying will take more innovation and leadership. But Dodd also says she's optimistic that by 2050, she'll be able to fly on a plane and produce little to no carbon emissions. In the meantime, MANPA says the Telluride Regional Airport aims to increase its SAF usage over the next decade. The airport currently uses a fuel blend that's about 30% SAF. So if we can just keep increasing that, if manufacturing can scale up, we're first in line. There's certainly no shortage of incentives. As climate change intensifies, a warmer world could dent the winter and summer tourism ecosystem that draws planes and passengers to the airport in the first place. For KOTO and the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition, I'm Matt Hoysh.
0: This story is part of a collaborative reporting project with Rocky Mountain Community Radio looking at fossil fuel transitions in the West. An indigenous woman facing federal charges for blocking construction of former President Trump's border wall in Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument was found not guilty this month on religious freedom grounds. Elisa Resnick with our partners at KJZZ
4: reports. More than a year after she was arrested, Amber Ortega left the courtroom in tears to an elated group of supporters. Last year, she testified that she was spiritually called to protect Quito Paquito Springs, a site sacred to her Hyachit Attam tribe. Her defense argued her actions should be protected by the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Judge Leslie Bowman initially said Ortega could not use that defense because she was still able to access the spring to practice her religion. She reversed that decision Wednesday after Ortega's new lawyer, Amy Knight, argued that standing at the construction line was itself an exercise of her religion. Here's Knight.
3: One thing it tells us is that the... Religions of indigenous people are taken seriously.
4: Ortega says that the verdict is an acknowledgement for all Hiachet Atem, a tribe once considered extinct.
3: This means that we're alive, we're active, we're fighters. We have a voice. We're we're not an erased tribe.
4: Government prosecutors argued Ortega did not need to violate the closure order to practice her faith. They did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Alisa Resnick Tucson. This report comes from our partners at KJZZ and their Tribal
0: Natural Resources Desk. New rules from the Bureau of Land Management aim to stop adopted wild horses from being sent to slaughter. The move comes as the agency prepares to round up thousands of the animals this year. The Mountain West News Bureau's Nate Hedgie reports.
5: The BLM is raising the price of adoption from $25 to $125. It'll also conduct inspections of wild horses within six months after they're adopted to make sure owners are complying with adoption rules. After a year of taking care of the animal, owners can receive a $1,000 incentive, but only after a veterinarian or BLM-authorized officer approves it. The goal is to make it harder for folks to sell adopted wild horses to slaughterhouses in Mexico or Canada. The new rules come weeks after the BLM announced it would round up 22,000 horses this year due to an extreme and prolonged drought in the West. Last year, BLM Utah Wild Horse and Borough Program Director Gus War said drought causes malnutrition, dehydration and can even lead to death. That is a horrible, horrible way for an animal to die and we're not going to allow horses to suffer Wild horse advocates are criticizing the new roundups. They also say the new rules don't go far enough in stopping the slaughter of adopted wild horses. The nonprofit American Wild Horse Campaign filed a lawsuit recently to revamp the adoption program. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Nate Hedgie,
0: and that's the KZMU News for Monday, January 31st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.